0: Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Side Note. A special edition of
1: Spiritual, Spiritual Side, Side Note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're here today with Mark Winagaraki. Say hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> Mark is joining us today from our what is this called? Dining room? Yep. So yep. Mm-hmm. words are hard and easy. Um, Mark
1: Those those two things mean the opposite.
0: Yes. Okay. They're both. It's easy for me to say things that doesn't always make sense. All right, moving on, focusing forward. Yep. Today, Mark is going to talk about autism and the church, because Mark is autistic. And how old are you now?
2: Uh, 25.
0: 25. Wow, that's crazy. When we moved here, how many years ago? You would have still, you would have just graduated yeah. from high school?
2: Yeah. Okay. It was like 2016, if mm-hmm. I remember. Yep. Yep.
0: So we met Mark, and he was volunteering in the tech booth for ism at that point in time yep which is initially and how we met church. and big church that's right this was in our old building mm-hmm. um and then since moving into the new building at impact the church we um work at slash mark attends mark now helps me in Kids zone in the tech booth too um anyway so just a little bit of like background as to like how we met mark and why but mark has just become like a really dear part of our family he's like my brother um like an uncle to our kids truly we he's called uncle marky mark which is pretty special and exciting i know um and today we were actually supposed to go to the (laughs) zoo with uncle marky mark but it was cold and rainy and we just got well so we thought that wouldn't be a good idea so instead we're doing a podcast that's right yeah and Christmas stuff. We're going to watch a Christmas movie and make cookies, because that's what we always do. That's right. We always make chocolate chip cookies together. It's,
2: uh, it's, I don't know if the cookies are an unhealthy addiction, but, you know, <laughs> they're really good.
0: But we do it a lot together, making those cookies. I so, anyway, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Something I didn't share.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, for those who... Um, are maybe from the Michigan area I also referee uh here in the state
0: mm-hmm.
2: um refereeing soccer so I do anywhere between uh young kids to uh college age and so um yeah it's it's definitely uh something different but um yeah I I also help out with ISM at our
0: church and uh it's, that pretty much wraps up. And he loves Starbucks. Yeah. Peppermint mochas during this time of year is what you we are just talking about. Speaking of which, we're both rude. We got something warm to drink and didn't offer you anything. Do you want something? Uh,
2: maybe like a
1: hot chocolate or something? I think
0: I have some hot chocolate mix. Okay. Shay, you can ask the first question while I get some hot chocolate mix.
1: Well, I was actually going to ask, will you switch to indoor for refereeing during the winter time, Or are uh, you done for right now?
2: Uh, so, for right now, I'm I'm done. Um, I, I'll probably do some conditioning indoors, um, but as of right now, it's kind of uh, um, due to me going overseas to Qatar to um, volunteer for the FIFA Arab Cup and stuff. That's um, that's kind of on hold for indoor soccer. Gotcha. Otherwise, I probably would, uh, but yeah... That's kind of the uh, prognosis right
1: now, so okay, cool, um, so in regards to autism in the church, um, just I think a first question I would just ask is um, <clears throat> excuse me, what has been your general uh, experience as attending impact for what have you have you been there like ten years or something now?
2: Uh, I started going to impact at
1: Twenty in 2013 2013 Fall okay so 2013 eight, eight years yeah this year okay um yeah so over the course of the last eight years what has it been like and um you can go take that any direction whether yeah um the good things the bad things whatever uh so it it
2: was um it's definitely been interesting um being autistic and attending church at the same time um definitely when I started attending, um, uh, I maybe wasn't in super full control of my autism, so there was times where, um, maybe I, I recognize someone I talked to, and they might be in the middle of a conversation, but then I kind of intersect myself, uh, so that's something I still kind of try to work on, but, um, it's definitely hard to tell, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are visiting with others, so, um, definitely one big struggle has been realizing what interactions are happening around, mm-hmm. um, which I've gotten better at, but then like trying to uh, realize when it's an okay time to step in mm. and maybe realize if there's a certain conversation going on that may be a little bit more deep than uh, was allowed for me to be intersecting. Right kind of realizing that so
1: that's been a big challenge trying to realize Mm. that yeah um what has what has made you feel loved and impact uh just the community right um
2: like it, it it's been super awesome and really accepting and this is like the first church i've been to where i feel loved and accepted for who I am, right? Um, because like initially I grew up in the, the Catholic church mm-hmm. and uh, autism really wasn't super accepted mm-hmm. and it was kind of frowned, it looked like this was during like the time when autism, autism was very new mm-hmm. um, when I was at the Catholic church. And so it was very frowned upon, people were like, what the heck? Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was a running around tyrant so <laughs> um but it, it's it's definitely like this is the first place where like I can easily talk to people like you and haley um and Jason and a lot of the other staff and it it just makes me feel really welcome you mm-hmm. know to there to be there
1: yeah so <clears throat> what do you think is the hardest part as far as with? Um, interacting with people who might not have really an awareness or an understanding what autism is. Maybe you could share a little bit about it. Um, but then like what's been hard or what's been helpful when people interact in a, in a helpful way or an unhelpful way.
2: Yeah. So, um, for those who kind of don't know, uh, what autism is, it's basically a neurological disorder, like a learning disability, um that has a very wide spectrum range Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um of course i'm more high functioning Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm pretty it doesn't seem like i am autistic but uh i seem because i seem very normal um but then there's times where it's like um there there's the other end of the spectrum which is low functioning and it's where like this person might be 25 but they have the age development in the brain of an eight-year-old, mm. so that there's that difference there in trying to understand. Like it's a very wide range, you know. Mm. Um, but like going on the difficulty part, I mean, like I think one thing is like trying to stay focused, especially mm. on a message in an environment like church, uh, because you have so many different factors, right? Um, like during worship, you have the band and um, like announcements, but then people and the lights mm. and that can be distracting, especially where depending on where you sit, you see people going in and out mm. and uh, to either use the restroom or stuff. But like during the message, you hear crying and other stuff. And so a lot of it is hard to just stay focused mm. on the message. And mm. like, I can hear it, but it's like, oh, there's a kid crying like four sections
0: over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel like serving at Impact has helped you become a part Hmm. of the body or maybe even help you focus in a different way? Like, what has that been like?
2: Uh, It's been really great serving. Um, I know there, like, towards the beginning, there was definitely challenges. And even throughout the time I was serving, there's been challenges with my autism and how I interact with volunteers. Um, And... You know, it's definitely something that grows as I grow, mm. right? And how I interact and change throughout that process. But um, just really, it, it's been, it's, it's helped me a lot. I feel like my faith has been challenged in the stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I do have that, like, um, that's what I really love about impact is just that me feeling like I'm challenged to my faith and mm-hmm. how I interact and show that out when I'm outside of the church, but then also inside of the church interacting with either students or other members of the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you and I have talked about this before too. So maybe you can speak into this, whether it's for someone else who's listening who has autism, yep, um, someone who volunteers with someone who is autistic or who just needs an awareness of volunteers in general, that the one of the helpful things I feel like you and I have talked about is when someone has been very clear about boundaries to you and hasn't tried to like be passive and kind of like, Hey, yeah. Mark, I just kind of want to... like You need things very black and white, correct? Yep. What has been helpful in um, how people have communicated to you about those boundaries and what has not been helpful?
2: Yeah. So... I mean, definitely before, like, if you're someone who does not have autism and you know someone who does, don't like just go right into it and be like, you know, like <laughs> this is what mm-hmm. you know you you should be doing. Um, there is a point, two time to do that, but like, um, tread carefully. Watch the social cues of that mm. person. But for me, mm-hmm. I think that there's times maybe, I. Having a reminder when a boundary has been set Mm. and be like, hey, like, you know, um, like at one point, if I started to annoy someone, they'd be Mm. like, hey, can you just kind of back off, right? And then realizing that and respecting it. But if I have kind of overstepped, they're like, hey, you know, try to and um, like go in a gentle process. Mm. Like that's been helpful for me, but um, just... You know, every person who's autistic is going to be different in how Mm -hmm. they handle stuff. And so for me, like, you know, like stressful moments is not great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like, don't, like, try to correct me in a stressful moment. Um, A really great example would be when I was doing college games. Mm -hmm. I did college, two college games recently. Uh, I was a fourth official for the first game in the first half, and then... Um, one of our ARs got injured, so I had to step in. And during that thing, I missed a call because Mm -hmm. I wasn't in line uh, for offsides. And, uh, like, in that moment, like, I already had anxiety. But Mm -hmm. then, like, in that moment when I missed it and the players got mad and coaches, and all that other stuff, like, it's terrifying. And at the end of the game, like, my center kind of was like, you know, don't Like, don't worry about brush it off, right? And it's not that easy Mm -hmm. for a situation like that for someone who's autistic to maybe just brush it off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of the case and there. And so, like, I talked with my mentor afterwards, and it was more in a relaxing setting. Be like, hey, Mm -hmm. could you have done it right? Yeah, okay, cool. Like now you know for next time. But like, Mm -hmm. don't try like go right into it and. Especially if someone, like, who has autism is in that state of maybe in a high emotion state.
0: Hmm. Like,
2: let them calm down and then bring it to their attention.
0: Yeah. I would say that's probably true for anyone, right? If we're, like, in a heightened state of anxiety or a stressful situation to just, like, try to, I don't know, cut raw flesh almost, right? Like, right then is usually not very helpful because either... We'll react in defense or we're already sensitive and emotional. So I think that's just a really cool reminder in general that no matter who you're working with or what's going on to one act in gentility and clearness, I think so often, whether it's just in the church or humanity, we're like really passive about things or we brush things under the rug and... Like, cause we don't want to be unkind and I'm putting that in quotes and you can't see me putting that in quotes, but unkind being clear when actually like, that's just what's helpful in communication. So people know what's expected or not. But what was also going through my head, Marky, Mark, while you were talking is to remember that, like, people in general aren't just to be managed and someone with autism isn't just to be managed like they're a person mm-hmm. who is imprinted with the image of god who has gifts and abilities to uplift the body and to like build into the kingdom and how we interact with people no matter who they are is super important and not to be seen as a tool or someone to like i just said be managed but like how can we help integrate people based on where they are how they're developing where their brain is at where their heart is at even like into our family right and to love each other well um so even that being said what for you has been helpful um because I've seen you grow so much in the last five years. What has been helpful in your growth from when we came here? Now, granted, you are just older now and you've been more aware, but you've also been receptive to hearing things like (laughs) people talking to you and you responding well to that. So I think your attitude in it was huge. Mm -hmm. But besides your attitude posture of like being able to receive people talking to you, which again is humility and just like a normal human thing, um, that we all need to practice. What has been helpful in growth for you over the last few years?
2: I think for me, especially when it comes time to interactions is like, I'll hear you out. Like if, if Shay had a concern at ISM, like, Hey, this is, I saw this of you, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> Hey, um, maybe like for me, you know, like, Hey, this is how I saw it. Right um and kind of Mm -hmm. talking through that through that ordeal um but also sometimes even having to set boundaries of myself and be like Mm -hmm. hey like right like I'm not always going to be like as calm as you want me to be and if I start kind of feeling that pressure right I might have to step back Mm -hmm. um, from it and and kind of there which is kind of one of the reasons why I when we do Michigan adventures for ISM, I am the one that's roaming all around the park with mm. no group. Um, and that's kind of why is, you know, it, it's nice. It gives me kind of that piece of just being there, but then also it gives me something to focus on mm. um, instead of having like a group of five to six kids, mm. crazy middle school, high school students trying to, you know, drag me all over Tarnation. Uh, so. <laughs> Middle schoolers
1: are your favorite, Mark. I might have to comment? I plead the
2: fifth slash I might have to write card to you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: Uh, um, any other questions from you about what he just talked about before we might like move on? Like growth or... Self-boundaries or anything? Okay. I was just checking because I can typically take the floor and just keep talking. Shay and I had a long conversation about this last night. Not that's, him to me. Me yeah. saying like I need to practice being quiet because I like talk.
1: No, I do a pretty lot. good job of just pretty good interrupting.
0: Job. Mm, that's true. He interrupts me all the time. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, get, I'm great at
0: that. I'm just kidding. Um, You are also an only child.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So what has been helpful? Okay, because here's the thing, right? Um, if there is someone with autism who grows up in a family of other kids, you get the social interaction of at least being like with your siblings, right? And yep. you didn't even have that. No. So what what socially has that been like? Starting from the Catholic Church, which was not helpful. No. And actually, from like things you've shared with me, like caused kind of a like a scar in your heart yeah. for a while against the church, right? What has that been like? Experiencing relationships socially that's been positive, and like, what made it positive?
2: Yeah, um, for for sure, it, it's <laughs> um, really it, like being interact interacting like originally when going back to the Catholic Church days. Like for sure, like my relationship with my family wasn't the greatest, right? Mm. Uh, Especially kind of on my my mom's sister's side, right? And her family, um, it was definitely like, there was a definite, like, clear difference of how I should be handled, uh, Mm. especially with autism being so new. Mm. Um, And kind of people learning about it, like, you know, just to give you like an idea, like, this is really... When I talk my Catholic Church days, like this is people learning about autism and finally kind of like this is where it starts kind of coming out. And now, you know, it's more wide known, but mm. it wasn't. Um, shoot, I forgot part of the question. but
0: Oh, like, so starting in your Catholic Church days, yep. which you just hit, right? Um, you didn't have a lot of social interaction, right? right? At least yeah. with siblings or anyone outside yep. of your mom. Yep. Right? So what was that like learning to have relationships? And how did, specifically with Impact, did you learn how to have healthy relationships and social interaction with people? Yeah. Uh,
2: Definitely, uh, it wasn't easy uh, growing up and, and having those interactions. And a lot of time, I think, over my growth with autism and how I now interact with people has been having moments throughout my life where it's probably gotten to the point where I've overstepped and having Mm. a sit down conversation be like, Hey, this is, you know, right. Um, that sort of ordeal and having, there was times where it's now finding out where that boundary is. Mm. And, um, I think that's helped me. Besides in my family, like how I interact with my family, which is a lot better now, Mm. right? My cousins and stuff, but then also how I interact with people at the church. Mm. Um, Like I know even still now, people are still trying to get used to me with, you know, what's kind of happened over the last few years on that. Mm. And I think slowly people are starting to kind of understand now um, because there's been times where I felt like, Am I really accepted here? Mm. Uh, even though I knew I was loved, I didn't quite feel like that. And so um, mm. I think trying to set boundaries even for myself to people or you know, people saying boundaries to me on how I interact with them has helped a lot in that sense mm. um, to where I am now, right? Especially now with refereeing. Like, I interact with parents, uh, like the players coaches mm-hmm. I interact with almost everyone. And mm-hmm. that's also really helped in this last like year and a half.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Um, if you can think through like a few of those really special relationships in your life where you felt loved or accepted, how did you experience feeling loved and accepted besides the sit down conversations?
2: Yeah. Um, definitely like, um, First the beginning, I had a really awesome cousin. Um, this is kind of hard for me because mm. it was, um, she played a big role and, um, mm.
0: she, <laughs> it's okay, uh,
2: I mean, like she, she was really someone like, even though I didn't quite get along with a lot of my siblings, uh, cousins and nephews, um, she was the one that was really there for me, and mm. it helped um, a lot in that sense. Um, and so, you know, mm. it, it was it, that that was a moment just that was really hard to move past and um, trying to, you know, carry on in a sense. Um, but <sighs> I think, like, just.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: Oh shoot! It, that it, it's it's been kind of that hard since yeah. there.
0: Because um, how how many years ago did she pass away?
2: Uh, that was in winter of two thousand ten. So wow. we're like about eleven years out. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost eleven, actually. Come so you December. were young.
0: Yeah. You were young. I was
2: kind of end of elementary, beginning of middle school.
1: So that, that's kind of in the range area. Yeah. So what were some of the things that she like did? What were some practical yeah. things to make you well, feel loved and seen? Just just being there, right? Especially when like I
2: had to like maybe I ran away or just being there interacting with me because a lot of my family did not. Mm. Um just because of how I was and you know, me being like really super rambunctious. Mm. Um Right. So like when we did have these, you know, family gatherings, she helped me a lot in that sense. Um, Mm. Just being there for me and just, you know, like if she would hang out with me. Right. And I would hang out with my cousins. And she was kind of like that middleman between like Mm. my cousins and her siblings and like me. (laughs) Right. And that kind of helped out um, definitely in that moment. Period mm. of time, so that's cool. So it was kind of a, a blow when that happened, and mm. like finding out the news, like
0: yeah.
2: you know, but that that was kind of a big turning point. And like you know, for me, even now, like I try to show the same kindness and stuff mm. as her, and reflect that. Um, maybe I don't do it always, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But I try, and mm. and that's kind of the standard I set for myself. Um, being Mm. someone like her and, like, she would be someone I would, you know, want to be like. So, I try Mm. to now emulate that now, or try to, like, that's my goal when I have interactions. Mm. Which maybe hasn't been always the case, but it's definitely, like, something I keep trying to reach for. Well,
0: yeah, no one's perfect, right? No. But it's, like, the way that we're to emulate who Jesus is, and the fact that And I feel like you said this to me before, that she was probably the most like that that you experienced, like someone who acted like Jesus.
2: Absolutely. And the
0: fact that you were able to see that in someone who was interacting with you now makes you want to be that for other people. I think that's phenomenal. Like, we're not going to do it perfectly all the time. But I love that she modeled what Jesus was like to you. And so that you're not just trying to read that in scripture and yeah. come up with it on your own, which I, I think is hard sometimes in general. But then cause, because when you're reading a story, it just feels so like boom right there, right? But then to see it actually lived out in front of you, to have a tangible idea of what the peace and patience and kindness of Jesus, like what that looked like through her. Absolutely. I think that's really cool. And I mean, I see you doing that even like with my kids, our kids. I say my kids and she's like, they're our kids. <laughs> she <laughs> says
1: it all the time i
0: do i say it all the time um what (laughs) (laughs) with my children you interact with my children um with our children though with like such patience and care but also being goofy and like there's there's a deep care that i see instilled in you that you really do want to love well and i think she was a big part of helping instill that which is really cool yep that's really cool um, did you have another question, if not? I have well,
1: a... <clears throat> not necessarily a question, but just, like, I think so often in different contexts, not just the church, but in different contexts, <clears throat> we make things like autism, like, a bigger deal than we should in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, yep. there are things that, like your the way your brain works that you need that might be different than somebody who's not on the spectrum but like everything you just communicated to feel loved and seen are the same things that anyone as a human being like mm-hmm. she hung out with me she sat with me she held me she kind of intermedi was the intermediary between yeah. me and cousin like all of those things are just like wanting to be seen and cared for and interacted Absolutely. with and like have community and i think it's just like just such a good reminder for anyone and everyone that, like, we don't have to, like, hmm. you don't have to be an autism expert to help someone feel seen or, heard or right. loved. And Jesus calls us to love um, anyone who can feel on the outskirts of society. Society, And I think that a lot of times people with autism kind of get pushed to the outskirts in some Absolutely. ways. And so, like, just, like, inviting them back in and just having an interaction, having a conversation, yep. listening, and, um yeah. I I just want to say
2: something on that like it's been kind of cool over like the past like I think I don't know how long Jay's been doing this Uh, for those who don't know Jay is Jason our lead pastor Um, but seeing him go to like Brody's uh, Mm. for those who don't know it's a cafe in Ada, Michigan um, that hires uh, people with special needs and Uh, gives them an opportunity to learn and uh, work and get that experience i think Mm -hmm. it's been really cool having him seeing him have these sit-down interactions with these people Mm -hmm. Um, because there is a lot of really like you know um creative and smart people like you know we we're not you know like dumbed down right we might be in some areas but like There's some really creative sides, and like you know, you can be surprised and like be encouraging and nature nurture those gifts, right? Like find our niche. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's technology, right? I love Mm -hmm. it. I did robotics in high school. Mm -hmm. I still interact with it. I did the tech team, and like that's my niche, right? That's how I serve. That's how I interact kind of in that sense there but now it's like if you can find that interaction and that mm-hmm. niche for them, like you'd be surprised of how much like they could take <laughs> off right Eventually they might lose interest but it's mm-hmm. something that like nurture that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's empowering. So. It's discipleship too. again, same thing with like anybody right to yeah. like help people see the gifts and abilities God's given them plugging them into a place, empowering them, teaching them. Like you said, okay, so maybe like you are old enough now, I think you've realized like tech is probably going to be a pretty big part of my life as is soccer because those are kind of your two passions and what you spend a lot of time like investing in, like yep. volunteering in, doing jobs in, whatever. That like if if you hadn't had the opportunity to volunteer in the tech team, so maybe you'd still like technology, but maybe your niche wouldn't be quite in that same realm because you wouldn't have been able to, like, have the opportunity to yep. grow there. But also, even if even if someone, like, volunteers in a space and they decide, like, I'm going to walk away from that, it's just not what I feel like God has called me to or whatever, to have the opportunity to do that, like, to serve in a way or to, like, have someone serve in a space maybe they didn't know they were gifted in and they, they discover they have this gift and, like... Yeah. Uh, So I don't know how you feel, but like I wouldn't have known that you were going to be so good with little kids because I hadn't seen you with little kids till we had kids. And then you were like amazing with them. Like Mark will take Othelia on the weekends when I'm in the office and he'll walk her over to Bigby to get a drink like with him um, so that I can work or whatever. Like just this, like your desire to like love and serve, not just in like the tech booth when you do that, but like to love and serve like us and the people around you, I just think is huge. But I think that was partially because you were empowered to do that and then, like, yep. saw the benefit and the fulfillment that comes when we're, like, serving the body. Um, which was the other question I wanted to ask is, like, what do you love about serving on the tech team?
2: Yeah, it's it's really fun, right? Uh, I know it doesn't seem like serving uh, because it's more of, like, a joy and stuff kind <laughs> of, like, seems like – uh, from how I've talked about it and then me serving right but I think it's been it's been super awesome right mm-hmm. I've met a lot of people and it's kind of been a maybe a point or a thing in my life to help me grow in mm-hmm. certain areas and uh, definitely see a different side of worship and like I gotta give it out to props to Nate and the tech team all they do right Mm. like the services that we see at impact and like i don't know if you go to different church (coughs) sorry (laughs) uh but like get props to your tech team because Mm. for all the work that they do is like behind the scenes is absolutely Mm. like incredible right like i've worked on their christmas our christmas productions and seeing just that and all the technical aspect of behind it, like, it's nuts. Yeah. Like, to give you an idea, like, for 2016, when we did Star Wars <laughs> for Christmas at Impact, Yeah. right, we had, like, automatic queues. Like, our queue person for lights wasn't actually, like, a queue. It was, like, just a computer going through it um, mm-hmm. to the track and seeing that programmed and then, like, the broadcasting side making sure we, you guys can re-watch our messages and stuff
1: hmm. and then
2: like making sure our slides and they keep up with jason which is like a phd by itself <laughs> um <laughs> he's got a lot of slides yeah uh jason if you're listening to this cut down um <laughs> but yeah like that that's that's kind of the case there and it, it's yeah. been fun like, you get to interact there, and it's definitely, like, um, it's not easy always, but it's, I think it's definitely rewarding in its own sense. Mm-hmm. Like, how pastoring for, like, you and Shay, but then, like, uh, and Ben, Jason, Ryan, and John, I could go on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tony was the only one you missed, but
0: that's great. No, we have Jake now, too. Oh, we do have Jake, you're right. It's Jake. Yeah. yeah,
1: he was hired six weeks ago. He's got a... He's got six months of probation before he can be classified as a pastor. <laughs> <Okay. clears throat> Probationary pastor. Yes. Uh, Probationary pastor. Anyways. I, but
2: like having that and interacting with that sense, it, it's mm. been fun. You meet a lot of new people, and uh, it's maybe not as interaction as like frontline team for mm. our church, but like it's, you're interacting in your own sense, not yeah. in like a face to face way. Mm hmm. That, that makes sense.
0: It does, but I think you 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 still get that face to face with like your tech team people, which has been one of the huge ways like you've had like the the social growth too is like having yep. those teams who you're consistent enough with where they can say like, hey, Mark, here are the boundaries. Let me yep. help teach you those, right, where it might be harder for you to learn that if you were, like, in and out of different places and things where you can – I mean, it boils down to relationship, right, where you have, like, a good relationship with people. Um, but you said something that I did want to touch on that, like, you're like, it doesn't – it might not seem like it's serving because it's a joy. And I actually think that's really cool. Yeah. But, like, serving doesn't have to feel like you're ripping your teeth <laughs> out. I think sometimes that's what – actually, I feel like there's, like, a two-sided coin to this where people either feel like serving is suffering – um, or you can only serve in areas that you love. Yep. I think sometimes God calls us to serve in areas we don't necessarily love or find joy in naturally, but then we can choose the joy in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's why a lot of people don't serve in children's ministry because they're like, well, I don't like fifth graders, or I plead the fifth on yep. talking about middle schoolers. But God can show you how to love that space and maybe he wants to use a gift you have to like see a kid, right? Yeah. To be the positive influence in that kid's life. Absolutely. Like, I sat down to a, a little girl today next to her. Um, and she, I think, I've seen her before, but we've never really had a conversation. She's like in fourth or fifth grade. And she just started like talking to me. She's a single child who, um, so like, no siblings, apparently, no like family super close. Her parents are divorced. She's in a two week quarantine with school. So she's really bummed because now she can't see her friends. She doesn't really have neighbors. So she just was like almost in tears about how lonely she was going to feel. And I was just listening and talking to her. And then she just looks up at me and goes, thank you. I was like, first of all, how like your heart is so deep, like to even recognize that like someone was listening to you and that that made you feel seen. And for her to say, thank you. When I was just listening, like I didn't have to do anything remarkable. I just sat next to her. Like people can do that. Yeah. Like just be present with wherever God has you. But also like if you are like called to serve in a place or maybe not even quote called, like you just need to go serve in a place and you love it, like that's amazing. Yeah. Like I but everything we do can be for the glory of God and can be we can choose contentment and joy and that. But I do love that you have found a space that you love serving in. Because I think you can tell that, too, in yeah. people, right? Like, when they actually enjoy yep. doing what they're doing.
2: A- absolutely.
0: Yeah. And the tech team, I think, like you said, is, like, remarkable. Like, it's not something you really think about when you're sitting in service watching something. Yep. But the number of things that's going on behind that booth that, like, is just not me at all because I lose my phone. Like, I couldn't do any of that stuff.
1: <laughs> on the daily?
0: On the double.
1: Uh,
2: but, <laughs> like, building on that, I think, even for me, like, and going more into interactions wise, like I think maybe on the tech team because right now I'm kind of on a hiatus. Uh, even though I still help with like children's ministry mm-hmm. tech, like big church tech, uh, and like actual main church tech wise, I'm kind of stepped back on. And I think for me, like even though I really love technology, I think when I had a sit down conversation with uh, my our technical director, Nate, and Shay about how I was interacting and stuff, mm-hmm. they kind of realized like um, that kind of maybe hit a roadblock and in, in how far I could grow in that sense and in my interactions. And before I had, I could re-step in, like I needed to work on myself. Mm-hmm. And so that was like beginning of 2020, right? And I think being that's where kind of refereeing came in too, mm. right? Because now I have to interact with people and students, which I had issues with trying to realize and interacting with students, which I still do. That's a work in progress. <laughs> different story, maybe a different podcast. But, but like uh but I think that's where like refereeing came in and now I can build on that because now I have to interact with people in a different sense Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not the sense I want to right and it's stressful Um, and I think even there you can tell like those who want to do and improve and stuff Mm -hmm. and then those who are like this is just I'm here
0: Hmm. Um, yeah
2: but like being there and like building off and communicating um, like for us like you're communicating with your team right if you are with a team right a fourth official uh mm-hmm. your ars and then like if you were to go in professional right you have your video assistant referees uh, assistant assistant video referees oh, wow. like <laughs> going out like it's a big sort of for you know, like five six seven people as a team
1: mm-hmm. right
2: and it's that kind of teamwork aspect but you're not only working with them, but you have to interact with the coaches and players. Sure. And then, like, that's the case. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And I think it's cool that you can learn from one area, how that can like benefit another area, right? Like learning yep. to interact with all those different kinds of people that will and can affect how you interact with, like, let's just say the ISM students, if and when you would step back into that, right? Yeah. Like, you're learning in both spaces, which I think is key. Or are you gonna say something you set up real straight? Yeah,
1: and- yep. Uh, Is time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I just wanted to ask. Like, you kind of said this already, but you're. We don't expect you to be the quote unquote spokesperson for anyone with autism, right? Yeah. Um, but if you could answer this question as generally as you feel you can, um, what can the church, not just Impact, but the Big C Church, what can the church do better to? walk alongside and disciple and invite into community yeah. those with either autism or any um, maybe Learning mental that, neurological yeah. disability
2: i i think really first off like a like step down and, and really get to know them. right mm. i think um like one of my interactions and i kind of had to realize maybe this is not all the the full case for how it was and how i viewed it at the time but like at one point i thought it was genuinely like maybe like a bunch of people thought they were a lot higher than i am because Mm -hmm. you know me being on autism or being autistic and having how i interact i think at one point i did view it as like people think they're better than me Mm. and i think bringing in a sense of humility Mm. to yourself before you like don't don't interact with someone with autism or a learning disability unless you have that because you need that right because people are gonna be like well what the heck why are you interacting with this person
1: Mm.
2: like have that first and then go up to them you know feel them out right if they're cool with talking right bring yourself down to their level, right? Find out where they are through the conversation and then bring yourself down there. Mm -hmm. And I think if you do that, like how you said, Haley, with interacting with that fourth grade student, right? Like do that, bring yourself down there. And -hmm. if you can't even do that, like it's not something you should do, right? Or interact with Like I'm not saying don't interact with them because they're also really cool people
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, like, I think that's like the basic level of where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Like, be accepting, get to know them, and then like if they're really hooked on a, a topic like soccer or you know something else, right? Go off on that,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: That they can talk for hours. I mm-hmm. can talk for hours on tech, but I won't. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the case there. Like, find that and get to know them they might not like the same things you do
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but like that that's kind of the the stepping area and then as they grow and change and they ask you for stuff and to help them out like adapt Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: also having after you get past those like first two stages of humility and then bring yourself lower like now Mm -hmm. adapt because they're going to grow and change as you help them Mm and that's kind of the case like think of it it's it's like being a life group like men's group or women's and you are interacting with this group of people but you're going through a journey right Uh, through christ but it's the same as someone for autism right and if they are like hey you know like back off a little bit respect that back Mm -hmm. off Um, but they're like hey i really need someone right now like being able to have that there so I think being more open-minded to it as well because you're going to enter a whole new world that's probably beyond anything you really Mm. want to even look it up research it Mm. right if they say hey I have you know low functioning autism right I don't think they'll admit that but like you know Mm. like if they did right look up what that means Mm. right so you know how to interact with them and then like, they have a caregiver, right? Ask, like, hey, like, yeah. if I were to do this, is this going to upset that person? Hmm. Hmm. Or ask that person if they're able to.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's all really good stuff, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: <clears throat> well, are there any sort of last things that you'd like to say? We're a little over 45 minutes now, so
2: I uh, should
1: wind it down. Yeah. I think it's been... uh First off, thank you.
2: It's yeah. been really cool to record this uh, and uh, kind of bring light to the situation because I, I, it's not something there. And I think now as a society, as we grow, I think with how much autism is now more prevalent mm-hmm. and especially just learning disabilities in general,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like how to interact with that. And that's something that's kind of, I think we as a church and as a church body globally need to evolve in Mm. because if we don't right then we have this group of people in this like this section section of people in the world that are like is there a place of belonging Mm. is this Mm. you know and they're going to start kind of feeling left out and we need to start kind of growing and accepting that but i think even this topic of Like, I know we initially was, like, autism in the church, but I think this has become more of, like, acceptance, Mm. if you guys would agree, and how to interact with just people at a basic, like, humanities level, Mm. and just going, like, it's a lot more than what, (laughs) you know, we went really pretty deep on it, on the subject, so... I think it's it's kind of evolved a lot more outside of that like Mm -hmm. you know like autism in the church but just like how do we interact with people that maybe aren't like us Mm
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: i think is a good way of putting it right because there's going to be these people and how to interact with them is going to be different to different in each situation that we do or come into
0: i think that's good
2: that's great
0: Thanks, buddy. Yeah. That's so good to have you. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Clothes out, babe. We're clothing out. See ya.